with us next Sunday. This morning, I would like to talk about the topic of teamwork. Teamwork in the kingdom of God. Everywhere that we read throughout the Bible, we see teamwork and teams of people. In the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament, we see that when they were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, they were split into different teams, and each person, each group had a different task. Each uh, group was on a different part of the wall, but they were together working and rebuilding and guarding. When we look at Israel in the desert after they left Egypt, we see that everyone had a job to do. There is a division of tasks and there is a plan of who carried what on each section of their journey. When we look at the building of the temple, we see that everyone worked and everyone contributed something. When we look at the New Testament, we see the first team of people, Jesus and the 12 disciples. And we also see a greater, a larger team that was with them. It says that there were a group of women that was there taking care of their needs, preparing the meals, people going out looking for places to sleep. In the New Testament, we see that there were teams of people, missionary teams that traveled from one country or one city to another city to plant various churches and to encourage the believers there. Not long ago, Pastor Clint talked about elders and that, that elders was always plural, that there was a team of elders in every church in the New Testament that overseen the working of the church. Very rarely do you see just one person acting alone because it's God's plan for us to work in unity. It's God's plan to work in a group. It's God's plan to work as a team. We even see that at creation. At creation, we see both the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, all three of them as a team, engaged in the creation of our world. Jesus gave many different comparisons about the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God is like this, it's like this, it's like this. And so I also would like to give a comparison this morning about the kingdom of God and specifically about working in a team and teamwork in the kingdom of God. And the best analogy that I can give that would be something different from the, from the New Testament would be sports. Now, some sports are individual sports like tennis or swimming or ski jumping, but we have lots of sports that are team sports. Basketball, volleyball, soccer, hockey, lots and lots of sports where a number of people are working together for the same goal. And for us to understand teamwork this morning in the Bible, I'd like to invite two people up forward for a short interview. So Marissa and Zico, they're gonna come up. They are both involved in sports and we're gonna have a, a short interview with them. So first of all, tell me, 
just introduce yourselves and what are you doing? My name is Marissa and I play basketball. Hey everybody, I'm Jiko and I play rugby. Okay, and tell me, what are your positions on the team? Do you have a, a specific position that you play? I am a shooting guard, so I'm mostly in charge of shooting three-pointers, and I'm also the team captain. I'm a flank, and my main job is chasing people and tackling. <laughs> okay, tell me, what would happen if you decided, I don't want to play my position today, I want to play this other guy's position? or this other girl's position, what, what would happen? Well, probably we would get beat because I'm really important like where I am on the court and I'm not like, I know I seem tall to you guys because like we're average people, but like on the basketball court, I'm very short. So if I would be somebody else's job, we'd probably get scored on all the time because there's not much I could do against a taller opponent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I specialize in my position, so it probably wouldn't look so good if I tried someone else's job. Probably what would happen is if someone else is doing that job and, and you stepped in, there'd be like a repeat of that job and there'd be like a missing place where you are. It would just probably, would it yeah. cause confusion? People yeah. would think, well, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Uh, aside from the people that are on the court or on the field, are there other people involved in in the team, making sure that the team is successful? Yeah, we have a lot of backroom staff. So um, like for us in rugby, our coaches, our coaching staff, and our physiotherapist who keeps us all healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have people who set up our trips, our travel. Like on Wednesday, we're headed to France. So we have someone buying the plane tickets, getting, making sure we have a hotel, we have food, we have everything we need so then we can perform uh, on Thursday. And so if these other people didn't do their jobs, what would be the success rate? I think our performance would drop on the field because a lot of stuff happens behind the scenes. So yeah, we wouldn't be as successful for sure. I think if they didn't do their job, I wouldn't have a job. So you both would agree that teamwork is important? Yes. So, 100%. So can you just elaborate on that a little bit? Why is teamwork important or what is teamwork for you? Well, that's a good question. I think um, teamwork is us working towards a common goal um, and everybody has a role to play, whether you're the star player or you're someone who only plays a few minutes or you're in the back room and nobody sees you in the stadium. We're all working towards a common goal and that's winning, that's success, that's getting a victory. Yeah, something our coach always says is, is we win or we lose. So if you know, somebody goes out and we all do our job, whether like Jiko said, you know, somebody might not play a single minute, but the previous week they practiced very hard for us. They helped us uh, prepare. They helped us get to where we need to be. And so if the team wins, one person could be the star and, and the public could see like, oh, okay, that's the face of the team. That's the one who, who makes everything happen. But that one person couldn't do it alone. Like they need people to pass them the ball. They need people to rebound. Uh, to play defense and all that stuff. So um, the biggest thing that I could think of that when it's team is like, we either win together or we lose together. It doesn't matter by how much or whatever, but it's, it's always together. What would happen if just one person on the team decided to keep the ball all for himself and never pass it, never cooperate with other people? 
the team wouldn't work and we'd probably lose. Yeah, it would be kind of a disaster. You'd have people getting mad at that person. You'd have people saying like, oh, well, if he or she can do it, then I can do it. And it would just be a mess and it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be fun to watch. It wouldn't be fun. Like people wouldn't be like, oh, I want to do what they do. It wouldn't, nobody would be interested. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me, is there anyone on your team that was called just to sit on the bench and do nothing? Um, in that sense, no. I think um, everybody's got a role to play, be it uh, in the practices and when we're just scrimmaging amongst ourselves or even in the game, we've all got a specific role to play. It might look different. Some people might play more minutes than others, but everybody's got a role no, just to sit and look pretty on the bench. Yeah, I would say nobody signed a contract to sit the bench, but uh, w to put it into Bible terms also, we uh, I look at a team like a body. Like There's some parts that are very like glamorous and people love to look at them and then there's other parts that you might not just choose to like have a picture of a foot on your wall but um it's all necessary and so sometimes on a team you get the glory parts and sometimes you get the not so fun parts so mm -hmm. and tell me whose job is it on the team to score the points is it the player's job or is it the coach's job should should the coach get on the field and do all the work or is the players that should be on the field I think my coach would probably like to do it sometimes, but <laughs> it's, it's on us as the players. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last question. Why do you think practice and training and getting knowledge and instructions are important? I would say the whole like preparation, the, the practicing, the doing it before it becomes live, helps you not to be surprised when something actually does happen. So in practice, we'll practice, you know, a hundred different things. In the game, only five of them might happen, but at least we're prepared to some degree as to what could potentially happen. And so I think the preparation helps, helps us not to be surprised when things may come about. I think practice is good just in terms of learning habits, learning how to use certain plays, how to react when the opposition does something so that, yeah, like Marissa said, you're not surprised in the game when people, when the opposition does something a certain way and we would have trained and we know how to then also react to that. Okay, thank you. Let's give them a round of applause for agreeing to do this interview. I'm, I'm certain that you'll have other opportunities for interviews in the, in the future. There's, I think there's a number of things that we can learn from this as we apply it to the church, that no one is called to sit on the bench. That the pastor is not the superstar who does everything. That there are different positions, there's different gifts, there's different talents, there's different roles, and yes, there are some people that are more visible, and there are other people that are more unseen and more backstage, but each person is part of the team, and each person has a part to play, and each person is important. The same is in the church. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. It says this, And he gave the apostles, 
the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In the letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul describes the kind of leaders God has provided for the church for it to attain maturity and Christ-likeness, becoming the spotless bride of Christ. And in this portion, we see that there are five gifts in the form of people that God gives to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, in other words, pastors, and teachers. And if you look closely at these three verses, you'll notice that these five roles, these five functions, these five gifts that are given to the church, they are not called to do all the ministry. Their job is to build the body of Christ and equip the believers for the believers to do the ministry, to do the works of God. That is the role of leaders, to equip all of us to do the works of God. Now, sometimes when we think of the word, oh, pastor, teacher, apostle, evangelist, prophet, you know, we think, wow, position, power, authority. And we might tend to elevate these people's these people and these functions or titles. But these people are not more important in the kingdom of God. They're not more important than other people. They simply have a special purpose, and that's to equip the saints, to equip you and me for the work of the ministry. And as we look here in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13, we see that God also places a time frame on how long these ministries should operate, how long these gifts should operate. It says, until we all reach unity in the faith. Until we all have knowledge about the Son of God. Until we all are mature. And until we all have attained the whole measure of Christ. Well, that's a a pretty tall order. Just, just even one of them is, is, is a tall order until we all achieve unity. Not just all of us here in Gospel Church, unity amongst ourselves, but he's talking about the entire church, you know, all the believers in Gdansk, all the believers in Poland, all the believers in Europe, all the believers in the world attain unity with one another until they all become mature, until they all have knowledge about the Son of God, until all of us are filled and obtain the measure of the fullness of Christ. We see here, again, that it's God's desire that we work together as a team. No one is more important than another. 
we all may hold different positions and have different gifts and have certain responsibilities because of those positions, but that does not elevate us in the eyes of Christ or in the eyes of others. And it also doesn't diminish the places of other people in the body of Christ. In sports, you have team meetings, you have training and practice, and then you have the actual game where one team faces the opponent. And I think the same is also in church. We have team meetings. That's here on Sunday and on other days of the week where we meet together as a team. We have training where some of us are involved in different aspects of the ministry, whether it be coming early and setting up chairs or practicing on the guitar or the piano, a keyboard during the week, or uh, preparing a lesson for Sunday school, or uh, one of a hundred different things. That is all our practice and that's our training. But you know, the game, the game takes place outside of our meetings. The game takes place when we go home on Sunday after our meetings. When we go out into the world and we face different difficulties, different situations, when we meet different people and we have the opportunity to then apply the things that we've learned in church out in the real world with our family, with our friends, with our co-workers, with our neighbors. First Peter chapter 4 verse 10 says this, each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Say to yourself, I have received a gift. Go ahead. And I am to use it to serve others. That's what God says. Each of us has received a gift. And you know what? There, there's many different gifts. When you read the New Testament, uh, I've, I, I have identified at least 27 different gifts in the New Testament. But you know, there is one spiritual gift that I did not find. And that's called the gift of sit on the bench and watch. Nobody has been called to sit on the bench and watch others. We've all been called to play. Peter wrote the word gift in this, pa in this passage to speak of the fact that each Christian is gifted in some way to serve God and to serve others. And we're to use that gift or gifts, because some of us have more than one gift, for his purposes and his plans. And since each one of us has at least one gift, and no Christian has all the gifts, we must work together in order to fulfill God's will and his purposes here on earth. Everyone has a job to do for the team and for the kingdom of God, and nobody is more important than the other, and everybody is needed.
In the, believer, in the Bible, believers were often called God's workers or God's laborers. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. It says this. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into his harvest. Jesus' heart of love and compassion has not changed at all. And there are still fields ripe for the harvest. And he wants to bring as many people as possible into his kingdom. But the method that he has chosen is to use you and me. We are those laborers. We are his hands and his feet. We are his voice to the hurting and the lost world. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 says this in regards to laborers or, or workers in God's kingdom. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who has nothing to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. You are God's son, God's daughter. He has given you a gift, but he has also given you a job or a task to fulfill. When we read the New Testament, we see that there's many people that were called by God, and we know all the, the big names. But, you know, there were a lot of people working with the so-called big names, working together as a team, either in the local church or in a missions team as they traveled from city to city to accomplish the work of God. And I'm not going to go through the list, but we're going to put on the screen here for you. You can just, with your camera, you can take a picture and you can look it up later. But we see that there are lots of people that work together so that there would be success in the local church, so there'd be success in the mission field. So we see all these different people, and they're called my fellow workers, my fellow laborers, my partners in the gospel. And Paul or Peter or, or the other writers, they list them by name. People that we might have not have heard of before, but they were important to the team. They were important in order to have success. They, were, they had an important role in building the kingdom of God. I read a, a story once about 
there was two men working on the side of the road in a certain town and a woman was sitting on her porch and she was just observing them working. One guy had a shovel and he was digging a hole and he'd finish and then she'd see another guy with a shovel and he'd fill the hole back in. And she looked at it and they moved on a few meters and the guy dug a hole, the second guy filled it in. And by the time they got to the third hole, she was, she was saying, what are they doing? And she went out to them and she says, what are you doing? Who are you? They said, well, we were hired by the, by the city to beautify our town. And we are planting trees to make the city look much better. And the woman said, but you're just digging holes and filling them up again. And one of the guys said, yeah, well, let me explain. One of us is the digger. Another is the person who plants the tree. And the third person is the one who covers it back up. And the guy who was planting the trees, well, he's out sick today. Our work in the church can be like that unless we work with one another, and unless we work together as a team for God's glory. We can end up simply like this team of people on the, on the street planting trees, simply end up wasting our time and our energy doing things that really aren't going to matter and all the while failing to bring God glory, the glory he deserves in accomplishing the things that he's given us to do. Or we can have everyone involved in the tasks and the purposes that God has called them using the gifts that each one of us has received. I was in a church once in Florida, a huge church. It was uh, a very mission-oriented church. And I remember after the service, I was heading towards the exit, and in a big sign written over the exit, it said, you are now entering your mission field. The church is just team meetings. The church is just the training. But the real work is outside the church. Here is where we get trained, get knowledge, get equipped, practice. But when you go home on Sundays, when you meet someone on the street that is rude to you, when you see somebody who is hurt when you see someone who is depressed, when you see somebody who is lost, that is where your real work begins. Just to sum up today's sermon, I want to say a few things. But first of all, I want to say that I am very, very proud of our church. 
I'm very proud of the people in our church. I'm proud of all the leaders in the church, all the team members, all the people that are volunteering their time and their efforts using their gifts. And in fact, let's, let's do something a little bit different. If you are involved in some type of ministry in the church, whether it be Sunday school, worship team, welcome team, house group, library, teens, young adults, men's group, women's group. If you're involved in any type of ministry, stand up. Go ahead, come on. Everyone who is involved in some type of ministry in the church, stand up. Come on. In most churches, 10% of the people do 90% of the work. Well, 90% of the people only do 10% of the work. And I am very proud of the people in our church because we exceed very much that standard that we see in other churches that people just sit back and say, well, I'm just going to be a bench warmer. I'm just going to be the guy who sits and watches and let someone else do the work. Thank you. You can sit down. So I'm very proud of you. And I think we should give them all a big hand. Yes, let's give them all a big hand. Because you guys are the guys that God is using to build the church. Each person is important. Each person in this room has been given a gift. Each person has a role to play in gospel church. And don't think that my role is just to sit here and warm the chair. No, that's not your role. God has given you something to do. So you need to start praying, God, how would you want me to be involved in the church? And together, I believe that God wants to use us to bring in the harvest. Let's stand up. We're going to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the members of Gospel Church. I thank you for all those that are serving. And Lord, I pray for uh, all those that are new to the church, those that have not taken that step to, uh, to see where they can use their gifts and their talents and their abilities, Lord, that you would speak to them, Lord, that you would show them that they are important, that you would show them that they have a gift, Lord, that you'd show them that they have a purpose and a place, that they have talents that you can use, that together as a team, we can fulfill your plan and your purposes for this church and for this city. And Lord, when one day some of us return to our own countries and you send us out as missionaries, Lord, that the work here at Gospel Church will continue in the cities around the world, around the nations. As we're worshiping, I'm going to invite you to come forward to pray.